0: Good morning, looking around the room I see some familiar faces, you guys are still looking very young, so yeah it's great privilege to be uh, back seeing some lovely friends and uh, ministering the word of God uh, to you today and my lovely wife Sally who's just getting younger all the time. All right, fantastic. So there's um, two titles. I couldn't make up my mind what to called, this message. So one title is Get Your Hopes Up. Who, who's going for that? And the other one is A Bad Haircut Doesn't Last Forever. All right, so who's going with uh, Get Your Hopes Up? Yeah, bad haircut. All right, Somebody, never lift your hand no matter what I said. God bless. Um but I want to talk to you about hope. Uh so irrespective of the title you picked, I want to, that's what uh today's message is really about hope, what it is, how we can get it nurtured, how we can get it not just as a um something that we're holding in our heart, but how it's intention, God's intention for our hope is that it becomes real. All right, so I'm going to sort of teach on that and uh, hopefully get um, something operating in your life beyond just the, oh that was a nice message but actually leaving here we're going okay I, I i got some instruction and understanding today how my hope and faith work together to bring change in my life that's where we're trying to land the plane all right so in case you get lost in my sermon that's where we're trying to end up all right <laughs> all right so Uh, The scripture says, For this is the hope of our salvation, but hope means that we must trust and wait for what is still unseen. For why would you hope for something we already have? So because our hope is set on what is yet to be seen, we patiently keep on waiting for its fulfillment. So let's pray. Lord, the life and liberty and revelation of your Spirit, I pray for more than just another sermon, but a veil to come off, a revelation, understanding and aha moment that really shifts our lives, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, how beautiful is hope? We just need to have it. It's the magnet that we've got to have to keep us moving forward. It's the light at the end of a dark tunnel. It's, it's the belief that you know my life is not stuck where it is; that it's actually going to get better. It's just a really critical part of our lives. I know what hopelessness feels like. Do be dogged down. And I know what hopeful feels like, and I reckon hopeful feels better. I'm going with uh, being uh, hopeful. And um, so the story behind that picture uh, of the the kid with the bowl cut is uh, my mom, when I was nine years, no, ten years old, my mom gave me a bowl cut. And I thought my life was over. I sort of got up from the kitchen table and looked in the mirror and thought, that's it. I'm gonna be forever followed around in life with people laughing at my haircut. (laughs) So I went to my bedroom, shut the door, wouldn't come out for the rest of the day. I felt, this is it, my life's over, it's finished. I sort of saw myself stuck where I was. But I learnt something, that a, a bad haircut doesn't last forever. In this case, it lasted quite a few months, but it didn't last forever, as you can see. And so I learnt that, hey, life since that time has dealt out some pretty severe bowl cuts experiences to me. And that wasn't a time to give up. It was a time to hold on and to have hope. Um, so hopeful, Feels better than hopeless. And so, the first thing we need to understand about hope when the Bible is using the word is it's not talking about wishful thinking. It's not talking about, I wish, uh, you know, things would be on time or I wish this would happen. That there's what we need to eradicate from our mind as when we're reading the word hope in the Bible. The word hope biblically means to believe and expect an unseen certainty to become a reality it's it's talking about an something that's real but it's not here yet it's talking about something that's in existence but invisible and it's on its way that's what we've got to understand about hope and and so the Bible's saying come on you need to anchor yourself in that expectancy. It's the expectancy of and especially in these uncertain times where you know there's so much going on in our world and in our nation where can we look to have that unseen certainty where where can we look for a certainty everything seems to be fluctuating Uh, well the bible says where the source of hope is and it says I pray that God the source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace and then you'll overflow with confident hope all right so why can we go to God, as the only true source of hope, is because he's, he's the only thing that's not a variable. He's a constant. Right? Everyone else is up and down like a fiddler's elbow, as they say. All right. So where can you go to go, okay, that's certain. And it's not to man... Uh, it's actually to God. And, and the, that's why the Bible says it's this unchanging character of God uh, that can give us this certain hope. And it says, if we uh, are unfaithful, he remains faithful for he cannot deny who he is. So that verse is telling you why some of your prayers are going to get answered and a lot of them are not. So it's wrapped up in that verse. Why? Because sometimes what you're praying about is a mixture of your hope in God mixed with the variable of human free choice and will. All right. What does that sound like? Well, I'm believing for this, but in your believing, you've actually forgotten to factor in that when a human's Choice is involved in the answer to your prayer, that's an incredible variable. So you've got hope in God, who's an unchangeable, but now you've got this mixture. All right, I hope my boss on Monday gives me a raise. Well, God, I'm believing in you know, you've put a bit of. You know, you shout a little bit and stomp around your lounge room, just declaring. Well, guess what? You've mixed your hope in a God who wants you to do well with the hope that he's going to manipulate the heart of your boss and give you a raise. It's not going to happen. All right? Uh, So... When we talk about hope, we've got to have it in God and not mix it up with this, this. See, God's not going to manipulate other people to give you what you want. Give it up. He's not going to do it. He won't even do that to give himself what he wants. Why? Because the human free will is sacred. It's what makes you human. If God took away your free will, you'd no longer be the creature that He made you to be. All right. So He's not going to do that. All right. Uh, It says here, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Well, guess what? God's not getting what He wants. That's what He wants, but He's not getting it. Why isn't He getting it? What What He wants? Because people have a free will. They have a choice uh, to do. It says, Jesus speaking, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I'll come in. Well, why is Jesus knocking? Why isn't he cowabunga coming in? Why isn't he doing that? Because he wants to be invited. He wants to be invited. He's not going to kick that door down. It... God took an enormous risk by giving humans a free will because that means he was giving them the power to reject him. All right? So because acceptance is only true acceptance if at the same time I have the power to say no. Otherwise it's not real, is it? Why did God do that? Because he wants he wants it to be real. He wants a relationship with you and me that's real, and so that's what makes the the opening of your heart to him so precious. That's why there's nobody in heaven that's going to be kidnapped. So, oh my goodness, I didn't end up, well, I never thought I'd end up here. Why am I here? You know, everybody is going to be there because they chose to be there, right? They They want to be there all right so god gave this and so people say well why doesn't he just make it well because you would no longer be the creature that he made you to be You would cease to be the child of God that he intended you uh, to be if he took away your free will. So what's all this got to do with hope? Well, on one hand, we've got this confidence in the unchanging character of God. The other hand, we've got this mixture uh, with the fickle free will of human beings. So listen... I always come with my own sound effects when I, uh, because that's me uh, giving you the cue. This is important. All right. Uh, You can pray long and loud that all the nations in the world will become Christians by next Sunday. You know, God's willing for that to happen but it's highly unlikely that it will. Why? Not because he's not willing, but because you just threw your arms around billions of free wills. And, and he's not about to turn them all into zombies and robots to make that prayer become real. Or we can pray that all the politicians will keep their election promises that they made to us. You can pray that. You can you can pray that all the porn sites will close down through lack of interest. You know, these are great prayers. But once you start throwing your arms around all this human free will, you've got to factor that in. I'm not saying don't pray it. I'm just saying, listen at least realize what you're doing when you're praying that God will bring circumstance he will guide you know he'll bring people into the person's life but he won't hijack their choice he won't do it Uh, and this is why people say well if God loves the world why is all this suffering well it's not the will of God it's the will of man that's what we often see is the will of man. It says in Romans, claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools, so God abandoned them to do whatever shameful thing their hearts desired. All right, he's saying, Okay, that's your choice. If that you know, I'm not gonna keep controlling your choice. Well, this is where we end up with the world that we've got. All right. Now some of you are thinking, "Hang on, I thought this sermon was about hope. I'm feeling pretty hopeless right now if you keep going along this line." I am just here to tell you where you should be putting your hope. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh and it's not, you know, it says uh, God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a human. So he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? All right. So so what am I trying to say? At least get it that that the only person you should be putting your hope in, in the true sense of the world, is, is this unchanging God. What does he say? What's What's his promise to us? All right. And so now that we understand hope, what hope is, we can get our faith working properly. Because the reason why some of us struggle to get our faith working properly is because we haven't got our hope sorted out. See, your faith needs a hope to work properly. Because otherwise, your faith is like a fluttering bird with nowhere to land. It's looking for somewhere to land. If you don't give it a hope... It can't properly function. It's Without a proper hope, your faith is like a car just spinning its wheels. It can't get a grip. It needs a grip. all right. And if you don't bring a proper hope, hope in God, hope in his promise, hope in what he said, to your faith. See, your problem is not necessarily lack of faith. Everybody's born with faith. Faith is is given to every human being the issue is more what are they doing with it and when we put our hope in humans well that's pretty fragile but when we put our hope in God that's a whole different thing and that's why the bible says now now faith is the substance of things what hoped for The evidence of things not seen. I like the way the Passion puts it. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long. hope. Now faith brings our hopes into reality. If ever you've been, say, on a beach or on a jetty and you've... You've had to pull a boat closer so you can get into it. That's the feeling of you using your faith to pull your hope out of the realm of the unseen into the realm of the seen. See, that's what you're doing. You're pulling, that's your hope. your, Your faith is giving substance, substance, to things hoped for see this this table was once in someone's mind to, for them to draw it and then give it to the engineers, and then they made it, but it existed as an idea first, right and then then and then it became substance, all right, so the Bible's trying to tell you that all this stuff that God's got for you the hope that he has for you in your, is actually now in the realm of the spirit and you've got to use your faith to pull that into the realm of substance why didn't he just dump it on you because because that's not relational and that's not partnership and that's not nurturing you as a father would nurture a child in your understanding so Hey, how am I going? You tracking with me? Yeah. All right, thank you both of you. I'm going to keep going. Which part of you, this is another da na na moment, which part are you using when you are seeing your hope? If I was to hand the microphone around and say, what's your hope, what's your hope? You'd describe something, hope for your marriage, hope for your finance, hope for your future. Where, which part of you are, are you accessing when you are telling me your hope? This is a na It is your imagination. You are, at, your hope is what the Bible calls you're seeing your hope with the eyes of your heart. It's your imagination. Now, lots of Christians, they get nervous when we start talking about imagination because it sounds we it, that's a that's a something that the the new age movement has hijacked right and so we talk about visualizing it seeing it we get all oh, hang on this is standing it's sort of spooky and new agey well the enemy counterfeits things of value you know people don't counterfeit 20 cent coins have you noticed they go for the hundreds and the fifties, all right? And and so, listen, if we keep giving over the things that are rightfully ours that God's given us and go, that's new age, let's not get into that, then we're going to end up with very little. Because he's counterfeiting. Because who gave you an imagination? Well, are we like naughty little children down the back shed saying, I know let's come up with an imagination (laughs) but don't tell god all right you got one because god gave you one so let's not get all oh you know i'm using my imagination when i'm praying that's a faculty that god how else are you going to see your hope come on you try and see your hope for your future without using your imagination. You know, without your imagination, you couldn't even find your car where you parked it. Where did you park your car? Which part of you did you go to to answer that question? You went to a visualisation. If you couldn't, we'd have to help you after church well, come on it's around here somewhere i just know no you're going to go to cuz you can see it if i said apple you're not spelling out a p p l e you're seeing an apple see we're using this faculty all the time hopefully when we're praying you're not seeing and you shut your eye you're not just seeing the back of your eyelids you know you're shutting your eyes to open these eyes So when we're praying about stuff, we're shutting these eyes to eliminate the distraction so we can look at our hope. See? And if you can't do that, your faith is frustrated. It's just frustrated. It's like, for goodness sake, give me something to pull on into the realm of substance because faith and hope are meant to be actually Uh, working together. Look at what Paul says here. I pray that he will give light to the eyes of your heart. What's that? Your imagination. So you will understand the hope to which he has called you. All right? So he's not praying that God will do more for you. He's praying that you will see more. You'll see better the hope. Because remember, this isn't wishing. This is a pre-existent invisible certainty that exists in the realm of the, the Spirit and that God's saying, I want you to use your faith. To So faith is not blind. People say, oh, that's just blind faith. No, Second Corinthians says we live by faith and not by sight. All right? And so... It's so important that you get this working in your life. Faith and hope and imagination, if you like, they're all working together. You know, God created the world using his imagination. Yeah, he did. Do you, you know, do you honestly think he shut his eyes and said, let there be trees? and then he opened his eyes oh my goodness that's what a tree looks like look angels i never would have guessed a tree looked like that of course he saw it and he spoke it out all right so come on let's let's not still get all hooky spooky about oh i don't know about this sort of stuff you know i want my rainbow back those guys have flogged our rainbow it's our flipping rainbow and it's not oh I can't have a rainbow no that's our rainbow give it back anyway don't get me started don't get me started give us our rainbow back all right so (laughs) so so yeah we'll see you're just egging me on it's like all right um And meditating on the Word of God—that's not when God says, "I want you to meditate on My Word." That's not you saying it verbally. That's you seeing it. If you're meditating on the Word of God, you're actually seeing. All right, it's—it's not actually the words that uh, that form a belief. It's you seeing the hope that form a belief. All right, and so. When we meditate on the Word of God, what are we doing? we're seeing that we're seeing that becoming a reality uh, in our lives all right so God speaks his word to establish his images. you know what he's trying to do he's trying to flush out of you all those False lying images that you've given your faith to, and he's trying to flush it out of your system. Saying, I want you to stop giving your faith to those images about your future, uh, who you are as a person, all that. I'm going to flush it out, and I want you to start imaging my hopes for you. Does this make sense? All right, and so. God does that because he knows until the images inside you change, nothing's going to change. I'm going to say that again. Until the images inside you change, nothing's going to change. Your marriage isn't going to get better while you keep seeing yourself happier with someone else. Not going to happen. You can go to all that, read all those books all your life, because that image that you've got that you're giving your faith to is what's really going to happen. All right? Until you stop seeing yourself with just a bump along, just enough to get by, finances, nothing's going to change. That fear isn't leaving until you start seeing the Lord is my shepherd. All right? These are all images. You know, Come on, read, read the Bible and see the imagery of the Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. What are you meant to? Of course you're meant to see that. All right? So let's come back to this statement again. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things that we long for. All right? So it's our heart picture. Right, And it's pulling it into the realm of substance. So so hope is like uh, this magnet that's motivating us. And it's just so important. You know, I would say the enemy's not interested in attacking your faith. He wants to attack your hope. Because once he knows he's diminished your hope, then your faith is like a fluttering bird. Your car is just spinning. So he wants to go after your hope. I want you to think about, you know, what, this is an illustration, obviously, what's keeping the the that plane in the air? How come the law of gravity is being suspended? What's going on? Well, another law is in operation. And provided this higher law stays in operation, the law of gravity, Is neutralized or it uh, uh, has it's not controlling what's going on but to keep this higher law working that plane must keep moving forward as soon as because this is aerodynamics as soon as the plane stops moving forward the law of gravity starts to take over what am I trying to say as soon as you lose your hope The law of gravity is going to grip you. Doubt, unbelief is going to grip you. You're going to feel the weight of that pulling you down. That's why the enemy wants to attack your hope. The hope uh, for your, your marriage. He knows that it's the magnet that's pulling you forward. And once you lose that, the magnet of something else takes over. And that is why... Some people that started the journey of Christian faith aren't with us anymore. When we go to find them, they're back doing what they were doing before they became a Christian. Why? Because the, when their hope in God diminished, they felt the magnet of their past pulling them back. And they've gone back to their past. So the enemy knows when he can attack your hope then he doesn't need to send you anywhere because the magnet of your past is going to automatically uh, take over. So when the Bible's talking about nurturing and protecting our hope, it's such a critical thing. What are you doing right now to nurture your hope, to keep it strong? See, one of the things you're doing Is you're here today. Coming to church, hearing the word of God, hearing the name of Jesus spoken uh, as a worship term rather than a swear term is part of you keeping your hope alive. Hanging out with people that are saying, Amen. Uh, to to the things of God. This is part of you keeping your hope alive and nurtured. Uh, you know all the, the aspects of of your Christian life are there as spiritual disciplines, not to earn the approval of God, but to keep your hope very strong. Uh, and Jesus says in the last end times, He says, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold and that that imagery of of growing cold is of someone blowing on a bowl of soup so so you are every day living under the cold breath of a culture that's trying to blow you cold towards your faith in God and if you aren't deliberate and intentional about keeping your hope in strong in God then you're do you honestly think you can keep your faith strong while you're living under the cold breath of your culture? It's just not going to. So we need to be uh, deliberate about that. So I'm going to ask the singers and musicians to, to come back and help me if they could. So let's land this whole thought so that we're leaving here with something doable. Uh, just shut your eyes, close your uh, eyes in this moment so I want to challenge you about putting all this together how does it work for you what have you been giving your faith to what are you been imaging about your future about your health about some of the things that you're putting your faith in. God is the source of hope for everybody in this room and he's telling you that you are not stuck where you are, that your present condition is not final. God's holding out the hope to everybody in this room. The confident expectation that your life can be transformed. This is wonderful news, wonderful news. I love this promise Jeremiah 29. God speaking, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Come on, come on, people in this room. Lift up the eyes of your heart. Put your hope in God. I don't care what's been said over you, what you've been told it's time to tear down those strongholds of imagery that you may have exalted above what God proclaims to be true about you. It's time to get free of that law of gravity that's been pulling you down into heaviness and get that spiritual law of aerodynamics, that lift, woo, operating in your life. Keep moving forward in that hope, in your heart. Lord God, we turn to you. You're the source of our hope. We lift up our eyes. Where does our help come from? It comes from you. Come on, everyone. Let's stand to our feet. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to search our hearts to to find areas where we've lost hope. I mean, God hope. Another imagery might have taken over. Holy Spirit, we invite you now to highlight to us, we're not talking about condemnation here. We're talking about Stuff where we've lost hope. We've lost our grip. Thank you for blowing away the dust on stuff that we haven't held up in faith for a long time. We restore our faith in your hope that you put in our heart. Even for this church. Lift church. The hope that was originally in your heart. Yeah. Come on. The hope that was originally in your heart. God comes today. So remember that. Remember that. You didn't dream it. That was you and me dreaming together that's what the spirit of god is saying to you that was you and me dreaming together you and i seeing something so what is it what is it that the holy spirit's highlighting right now in your heart and life be it a marriage be it a relationship be it a situation, Lord, we lift up our eyes again. We give our faith not to the hopelessness, but we give it to your promise that you've declared over us. It's not about surviving. It's about thriving, amen, that we're heard in communion today. Come on. We don't want to put our faith in just getting by. That's not God's plan. He wants you to be a trophy of His grace in whatever situation you're in. So, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to open up this front area for people to just say, God, I'm renewing my hope in this area of my life today. And I feel the lift of your Spirit getting under under my hope. I feel faith rising up in my heart once again. I've... I've adjusted myself so too much to just get by and cope. But today, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to look to you. That was your dream that you put in my heart. And I give my faith to it today. Come on. If that's you and you just want to come, I'd love to pray with you. Join my faith with yours. I'm just going to lay hands on you. Just expect the power of God to touch you and speak into your heart and life. We just get back into worship let's have this time of just cementing that you come forward love to pray with you love the opportunity to lay hands on you stand with you in faith today come on thanks guys we hope you've enjoyed this week's message Follow us on Instagram at The Lift Church or on Facebook at Live Church Perth. That will give you all the up to date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.